today we are going to tackle the topic of ketogenic diets, kind of briefly explain what it is, what it's not, and kind of get into the specifics of, of why people do it and what are the proposed benefits. So ketogenic diets, like most people are, are kind of generally aware of the fact that it, it's a diet that is really, really high in fat. But if we look at the specific numbers and general kind of macronutrient breakdown of a ketogenic diet, uh, you can see it's about 70 to 75% of your daily calories are going to be coming from fat. Protein is, is going to be about 15 to 20%, so sometimes that's a little bit lower than what people generally think. And then carbohydrates are, are going to make up that last 5 to 10% of your total daily calories. So depending on how, how big you are and your caloric requirements, that can mean anywhere from 30 upwards to, to 90, 100 grams of carbohydrates a day while still being able to remain in, in a state of ketosis. And we'll kind of define what that is here shortly. So some of the underlying kind of reasons why people switch to a ketogenic diet, I kind of usually split them up into two major categories. So one of them are the performance benefits of switching to a ketogenic diet that would be more applicable to athletes, specifically endurance athletes. And then there's also more the health-minded people who, who switch to it because they think it offers health benefits, it might be a, a better way to lose weight. Um, and we'll, again, kind of explore some of those reasons. So if we just first look at kind of the performance-related benefits, the biggest rationale for switching to a ketogenic diet is to allow endurance athletes to really better use fat as a fuel source while they're training and while they're competing. Carbohydrates, we know, are a great source that can be used very quickly, very efficiently for energy production, but we have limited stores of them within the body. So we have about 2,000 calories worth of potential energy generally um, stored in the form of carbohydrates and we store them as glycogen. But again, we can run out of those after a couple hours, which likely will happen during the course of something like a marathon. Whereas fat, we really have an unlimited potential fuel source just sitting there. The caveat is oftentimes we can't quite use it quick enough or, again, efficiently enough for it to be a primary fuel source during endurance activities. So from a performance standpoint, if you could better train your metabolism to use fat as a fuel source, it might offer you some performance advantages and then and ketones themselves also can serve as an alternative energy source. So again, if we kind of focus on some of the other related benefits and adaptations that we'll see when people switch to a keto diet and kind of become what we call keto adapted, again, having an enhanced ability to burn fat is going to be potentially a performance benefit, um, less oxidative stress, um, again, provides an alternative fuel source, particularly for the brain. So a lot of times people will feel more alert. Uh, a lot of times it helps people better manage carbohydrate tolerance. So people who are pre-diabetic, maybe switching to an extremely low carbohydrate diet helps improve glucose tolerance, insulin sensitivity. And then what... I usually describe it as, as a ketogenic diet is also very restrictive. So you're very likely to undereat or just not overeat like you commonly get on a Western diet. So it can be a tool for weight loss, but there's nothing magical about the fact that it's really, really high in fat. 
you know, high fat foods are also very calorically dense, but generally people feel more satiated. They don't necessarily get the hunger cravings that sometimes people will get when they're on a highly processed foods or high carbohydrate type of diet. So those benefits in addition to the ones listed here are, are generally some of the reasons why someone switches to a ketogenic diet. If we even quickly look at what ketone bodies actually are, they're essentially organic compounds that are kind of derived from fatty acids or fat kind of constituents. So these fatty acids, as we break down stored fat, actually make their way to the liver and within the liver we will convert them to these ketone bodies and those can actually be used for energy production, just like fat and just like carbohydrates can. So the three primary ketone bodies are acetoacetate, beta-hydroxybutyrate, and acetone. Okay, those are the primary ketone bodies. And then we have a couple different kind of states of ketosis that usually kind of coincide with either states of fasting or this type of nutritional strategy, but we also see states of diabetic ketoacidosis that are more kind of life-threatening types of states of ketosis and, and definitely aren't intentional by any means, and that's because in diabetics they have an inability to get glucose into the cell, so they're forced to enter this state of ketosis and it can really cause a lot of problems within the body. So it's important to find that a nutritional state of ketosis is very much different than ketoacidosis or diabetic ketoacidosis um, because again they're, they're very different and we get to that point in very different ways. So generally when we say someone's in a state of ketosis it means they're producing some amount of ketones within the body usually about 0.5 to 3 millimoles per liter of blood would be indicative of someone being in a state of ketosis. And you can do that by switching to a keto diet. Sometimes it'll take a couple of days to get there. You could do intermittent fasting or alternate day fasting. That's also a way to enter kind of the state of ketosis. A lot of times people will pair those two strategies to again, help them get into ketosis faster. So they'll pair intermittent fasting with a ketogenic type of diet, sometimes even supplementing with exogenous ketones to essentially enter this state of ketosis. So that's that's kind of what it is. Those are some of the advantages. I would say the disadvantages or limitations, like I said kind of earlier, it's very restrictive. There's not a lot of variety. Um, a lot of people like carbohydrates. Who doesn't, right? So you're missing out on a lot of people's favorite foods, especially snacks, desserts, uh, things of that nature. Sometimes there's a bit of a transition period where people will experience things like the keto flu while their metabolism kind of adapts to better burning fat and relying on these ketones for fuel. It can also cause some electrolyte disturbances a little bit or promote dehydration, which again, people will experience as kind of like a flu-like state. So I would say those are probably some of the biggest disadvantages. And then also the fact that we, we don't really know the health implications of being on this for long periods of time. Right now it looks to be okay. Uh, there is some evidence coming out that it may disrupt gut microbiome, but that it's a little too early to tell definitively what, what happens in that regard. So again, that's kind of the ketogenic diet in a nutshell. Like we said early on, it's pretty much a primarily high fat diet. Usually the emphasis is on kind of our quote unquote healthier fat. So a lot of our polyunsaturated and unsaturated fats but saturated fats are still going to make up a fair amount of this fat intake within the diet as well. And 
saturated fats aren't aren't bad. They're not the evil thing that we once thought they were or were taught early on. So, like I said, that's kind of the ketogenic diet in a nutshell. 